0: Welcome to the Nonprofit Tech Podcast presented by FusionSpan. This week I spoke over the phone with Dan LeBert, the Executive Director of NACPA, about his recent move from Listservs to an online community platform integrated with their member database and website. We touch on challenges he has faced, how he gets members input, and his general approach to strategic use of technology. My name is Justin Merniski and today I'm joined by the executive director of the National Association of Consumer Bankruptcy Attorneys, Dan Lebert. Thanks for being here, Dan.
1: Hi Justin, thanks for having me.
0: So Dan, can you tell us a little bit about you just to, for the audience out there I'm uh, I'm guessing those people uh, you're you know, you're a well-known guy but maybe some of them don't know you. So if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself give, give us a little background on yourself and your organization just so people can get a little context.
1: Sure, well known, I don't know about that, but um, I'm I'm happy to (laughs) offer some background. I've been working in the association world approximately 17, 18 years. Um, I've been the executive director of, of, um, you know, local, regional, uh, statewide associations as well as uh, a national association in NEC, but started my career in the Washington DC area. Also been in the New York and Philadelphia areas and then have uh, Return to NACPA to oversee a uh, National Association of Consumer Bankruptcy Attorneys.
0: Great. And I think, I mean, it sounds like you're doing a lot of interesting work, but one thing that really uh, has been fascinating when I've talked to you is your move towards an online community recently. Um, Could you talk, you know, can you tell us a little bit I don't want to give it away but you know there was some there's some issues some qualms with making this move. Can you talk a little bit about you know where you were
1: with that initially? Sure. Sure. Well, I mean a lot of associations have what they what I would call the sacred cow and it's the what can you not get rid of no matter who is at the uh leadership helm or or, in, or behind the the corner desk. It's um it's just it's a standard that every organization has certain things that a, that a number of members are, are very protective of or outspoken for because there were times where it was very effective um, within the membership. Um, when I came into NACBA, uh, my my motto is very simple: membership has to be an experience. It can't just be a transaction. And when when organizations that have that, that do not have that mindset, when you're not engaging members, whether it be online or at events. You are going. You know, you're going to lose them. Uh, there's no doubt. There, there are more uh, tugs at the average professional uh, to take, you know, that to, to shift their budget elsewhere. And sometimes professional dues could be forgotten. So, I, I think the most successful association is one that positions itself where you are engaging the member, and it's always going to be an experience. Now, in that case, we've had a long-running email-based. Um, Listserv, if you will, although that is a a copyright and protected, uh, I'm sorry, trademark name in in Listserv. But that's essentially what we have. Um, It it is a very valuable feature, especially in the practice of bankruptcy law, that many colleagues can interact with each other, ask questions, um, even though bankruptcy law is is, is, uh, a federal um okay. a federal practice there are there are different intricacies to every single case and, and our, our listserv served as a go to resource for many, many members. However, over the years, um, this specific listserv um lost value. And it loses value because gosh, there are so many, you know, groups out there, you know, community groups or free listservs. Yahoo had one, Google still has Google groups, and you know, that sort of devalues the product. Um, as well as there aren't many organizations out there that support this type of software. Either it's being done in-house or you're trying to find a third party to manage it. And and then, of course, uh, Smart Association has to integrate it with its uh, membership software. In, in our case, we are uh, users of, of Netform, Vector, or Bela, as it, it's uh, now uh, titled. And the various problems come up but how do you take something away yet improve it when it's such a valuable benefit? So we made the decision to not only support our existing listserv, but in order to engage um, current members that may not be on the listserv, which is about two-thirds of our membership, one-third is very active on it. um, We were looking for a platform that not only offered the instant email access back and forth to each other and to different groups, but also had a web-based platform um, where, where members could uh, log in on their phone, their mobile device, uh, or log in at their desk and interact with each other, ask those questions. Um, we, we decided to choose Higher Logic, excellent product, uh, excellent leadership at HireLogic. Um, they've, um, I think, have been the go-to for this type of resource. In addition to having the instant email communication back and forth that's not only secure, they also – have the um, profile finder, if you will, where users or members of the organization can uh, update their bio, they can update their social links, they can import their LinkedIn data. So it, it made it a very attractive um, option. The final, uh, this, this, the final, I should say, factor that went into this decision was Logic, the online community, also offers um, protecting um, member data. So in the traditional listserv back you know, over the last 10, 15 years, you could forward that email, and they could forward, and other members could forward it out to their members, and their, their members could forward it out to their members and friends, and you're not really protecting the value of membership. You're not really making it a member experience because they're just receiving that forwarded email, and and they could see whatever's being discussed um, as part of the dues-paying organization. So, um, higher logic. One of the final options that they um, put—I shouldn't say final options—but one of the options that they added that was part of our final decision was many of many attorneys obviously share cases, they 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 share ideas, they you know they um, they really interact and engage with each other, and by you know they could forward these emails out, but if you're not a member, you can't access any attachment, you can't access the library, you can't see. Um, who you're engaging with you you know you you're treated like a member of the general public which makes membership more valuable so um, we've taken the painstaking process of, of of caring for that sacred cow still but yet being a modern association in the 21st century being very nimble with our um, our engagement uh, creating an attractive platform so future members or potential members could see what we're doing and um with The help of FusionSpan have implemented that uh, platform over the last few months, and and continue to work on on implementation uh, moving forward.
0: So this wasn't the first time your NACBA tried to move to an online community, right? There had been a previous attempt at this. Can you talk a little bit about you know what happened with it, you know, and why uh,
1: every every association has a unique story of maybe something in hindsight they wouldn't do, but, it, at, it, you know, at the, at the present time, it seems it, seemed, it seemed like a great idea. But years ago, when before forums, uh, um, online forums were, were more developed, a decision was made that, um, you know, we can get rid of the um, old listserv that was, again, the same one I'm referring to earlier that had a software that wasn't really being, that wasn't evolving and also wasn't supported and make a shift to an online platform and um again having been lucky to have the hindsight uh, in my chair it was probably one of the um worst decisions we could do because it took away that member engagement it actually uh the organization was <clears throat> suffered be- because of losing members for it uh, members found other options, or I should say, former members found other options via Google Groups or Yahoo Groups or anything like that to to form their own when the organization took that away. Um, I was not able to be a part of that, so I, it was. It's interesting to come into an organization, and, and obviously you get the, the 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 fortune of sitting and playing armchair quarterback was saying, well, that probably wasn't the best idea, given the way. Uh, my specific organization engages with each other and, uh, many executive directors would kill to have, um, the challenges that, 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 my team has because we have a very engaged membership. They, uh, they're a very strong, uh, following and loyal to the brand. Um, the organization has worked hard to maintain that, but, you know, sometimes a technology decision here or there could really, um, you know, devalue membership. And in, in that case, uh, I, again, I'm lucky to be able to play armchair quarterback and look back and say, wow, glad I wasn't a part of that. But uh, at the same time, you know, I'm also fortunate to have technology that's been developed today through online communities and online platforms that make that make, um, the experience, the membership and experience, which falls right into the way that I choose to, you know, lead organizations.
0: So obviously the technology has gotten better, but are there any, anything in the process that you have changed that you feel significantly, you know, from last time, you know, obviously you weren't there so you can only kind of hear secondhand, you know, word of mouth, what people told sure. you about the previous. But what it from a process standpoint, how did you try and with this implementation uh, well, avoid the mistakes of the past?
1: Anytime you're making a change in a in a member-driven organization, um, it's a smart move to involve the membership. And whether that's – obviously, you're not going to involve thousands of people into a decision-making because the only thing that ails democracy is more democracy, <laughs> as President Reagan said. But you have to get the buy-in um, of, of your members, of your key leaders. In, in my organization's case, we have a, a number of – we're an advocacy-oriented group, so we have state leaders – um, we have various uh, committees, and um, in the practice of bankruptcy law, especially on the consumer side, over 80% of our members tend to be solo members, so they're, they're somewhat tech savvy, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe enough even to be considered dangerous. But getting their buy-in on the platform, all- allowing them to beta test it, allowing them to see some of the demos of, of, of um, how it can improve uh, their engagement with the, with the association um, was um, was a benefit to to for us to have uh, when we decide to make uh, this decision and 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 quite frankly investment. So getting buy-in of, of uh, from your membership or your key your key leaders uh, at various levels is important for any not just technology decision but any major change as it relates to bylaws or engagement or member interaction. You, you know you never I think many association executives know. Um, and this is different from when you know you have an association. Well, whatever that profession is, let's just get a person association. But th- that's really not accurate because association executives know, or have the experience to know that there are different ways to engage the membership, to recruit the membership, and to retain the membership. And you know, getting buy-in for any major changes is probably the the, the most effective way to to lead the organization on on such initiatives.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I mean, but getting buy-in, a lot of times, I feel like people talk about, you know, I want to know what my members want, and they'll send out a survey, Uh, and then they, you know, get the results, and maybe they react, and then based on the survey, they provide a new service, and then no one wants it. Did you go? Were you able to just do a survey, or how did you? Were you able to dive a little deeper in any way? Um, I love that you brought
1: that up because I'm not a survey guy. Now surveys are very effective and. It's a good first layer at trying to transition to something new or, or, or make make a change. But I think there are, there are many leaders who sometimes um, are going to make the change regardless, and they put the survey out as the way to sort of make the members feel good. And I personally, of, of the associations that I have professional membership in, I don't care for that. Um, I, I care for – I'm more interested in – if you truly want my opinion, then engage me in in the association's decision-making. I mean, I, I was taught, you know, at, at a younger age in my career is to drive decision-making down the line to get buy in for major change. And a survey just doesn't cut it anymore. I think it's a very easy way for associations to say, hey, we surveyed the membership and 72% thought this and 13% thought that. You know, we are inundated with data right now. I mean you know the ASA is very good at, at, at putting out various bits of information but we are inundated with oh you need to use data for your decision making and that is very true but using accurate data or engage or data that can allow you to further engage as compared to just general survey questions um, really you know that that's much more beneficial i don't think uh, a survey alone would cut it uh, in an association that has the level of engagement that, that NACPA does. So it was it was a it was a better approach for us to reach out and and talk with members and get them to see what we're doing, get them to understand why we're doing it, and then take their feedback and, and implement it. Um, I mean that's how um, well that's how most politics is done. You know you you work across the aisle and you. You gain support, and, and you hear feedback, and the feedback is is fantastic. You know, if, um, if if Microsoft would have gotten more feedback on some of their operating systems, they wouldn't have had some of the classic um, failures of of what they tried to implement. You know, user feedback, right? So, uh, NACPA, it's and and you know, it's time consuming, and it makes decision making very difficult. But um, there are times in the organization when you need that level of engagement. Uh, you need that. The survey starts the ball rolling, but getting, you know, a special committee, uh, a, a part of it, getting members to who, who interact with it, but also serve in positions um, on behalf of the membership to to see, touch, feel, uh, like, dislike. Um, it, it, it's to, it's it's a much more effective way that associations could be nimble to respond to the needs of, of, of memberships. Um, and then, of course, you've created that bridge with that member. That they felt like they were part of the decision-making process. So, none of this is easy, but uh, way too many associations go for the well. We'll just send out a survey, and, and and that's a good first baby step.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's that's great. Is there anything in that process of engaging members that you discovered that was really that they wanted in the in the new site that really surprised you, or? Um... That you learned that you didn't necessarily think going into it would be that important, but turned out to be very
1: important well, change is always tough for a lot of a lot of professions. Attorneys tend to really dislike change more more than the uh, the average bear, if you will but um, I, I think going through the process, we found ways um, that we found various benefits or features we 'll we'll call them minor features when you're making an investment this of this size to. And when I say investment decide, it's not only the, the, the dollar figure, but it's the time uh, that goes into it. But I think we, we came across various benefits of, of our specific platform decision where our members were like, hey, that's pretty cool. How do we do that? And in this case, it was uh, more specifically um, achievements um, and um, ribbons. You know, think about the old school convention where you go there and you get your name badge and, you know, you'll you'll see the uh, the overachieving member with you know 45 extra ribbons on their name bag because they've been a speaker, they've been a donor, they're they're a pack contributor, they're a writer, uh, which is great. But you know, in the modern day, when you're when you're pushing a online platform that not only has the communication between members and among members, but also uh, having the you know the the profile finder on where the general public can see these people well, the general public is now able to see the achievements that these members have, um, are proud to show off, that they've been a, a convention speaker or, or a conference or workshop speaker, that they've been a um, – they've authored an article for the organization. So it's sort of like the, the online old-school name badge, but here a member gets to show it off to potential clients, which it shows that, you know, not only are they a member of the association, uh, you know, a national advocacy-oriented group, but they're also engaged and they're they're taking a leadership role, which in some people's eyes could make them much more valuable to retain them as their attorney.
0: Oh, that's, that's really interesting. I, you know, I think the awards, the, uh, I don't want to call it the gamification, but you know, people that's sort of giving that out. A lot of people sometimes poo poo it is sort of not important, but it, it, you know, when it's actually adding career value, I could definitely see where that would be really useful and, um, and very and also very engaging for your members to you know another way for them to kind of feel like if they're not just being treated as um you know a membership but an actual person who's
1: right contributing it goes it goes back to that model of making membership an experience not just a transaction i mean every every organization has members that just send in payments and and you never hear from them and you know they engage when they see fit or they attend the conference or, or workshop when it's in the location that's most attractive to them, but making that member have an experience with the organization is what is 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 doing the best you possibly can to make sure then they re they renew their dues on an annual basis because they're going to remember that positive experience, no different than uh, you know the general consumer remembering that negative experience with an airline or, or a department store or a restaurant, and you never go back. Well, associations could could apply that simply to the positive side, and, and uh, as as my uh, friend from Walt Disney World, Lee Cockrell, once told me, is you know make mem- make make membership magic in your organization. Create the magic.
0: Yeah, that's really. That makes sense. And it's probably, you recently, part of this process was integrating the uh, HireLogic, NetForum, and then your WordPress site. Um, and you're a small staff association. I, with a lot of small staff associations, they, they look at a project of that that magnitude and think, oh, that's, it's gonna be too expensive, it's too costly, um, we just can't invest in that. Why did you decide to make that investment as part of this this project?
1: Well, um, I mean, lots of reasons go into that, um, and you know, you know, coming off a, an association where you know my 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 team was 53 people and our budget was well over 11 million, um, we we had the same approach going into some some projects it's too expensive. Um, you know, there's no open checkbook when it comes to any association, um, but. You're right. You know, with a smaller, much more uh, special forces operated, if you will, where their talents are really um, designated one area, you, you sort of have to take the approach and break everybody out of their silos that um, cross-training, if you will, that, you know, different projects could impact different departments um, in, in positive ways. And, and again, no different than the approach you take with membership. You take the same approach internally and get the buy-in as well to evaluate things and see if you know the investment is, is worth making the um, the decision also for us personally was to have um, a technology all our technology offerings be uh, talking to each other and be fully integrated um, you know a lot of membership softwares have uh, preferred partners they work with where it's it's a lot easier to create that bridge of communication than to you have two partners who've never heard of each other and you spend even, uh, making additional investment on, in, in your technical resources of trying to create that bridge of communications. Um, we tend to, well, we, we prefer to let, since our, our decision making is with a, a vector net forum is to identify the partners that a vector has already identified and, um, leverage those relationships into how we could, um, engage our membership or, or uh, recruit or retain our members. So, um, there's a lot that goes into it, especially in the technology end, but uh, full integration with uh, hardware and software that all talk to each other openly um, with a with a, uh, a nice bridge of, of communication was a, a driving factor. Um, I, mean, I mean, the, the, the internal team, um, both you know, full-time and part-time staff as well as uh, contracted individuals, um, all offered and weighed in on you know, the challenges the organization faced over the past few years and, and what type of benefits in this specific, this specific investment could bring to the table and help everybody across the board. So, um, you know, uh, I, I had an old boss once tell me, you can't save the world if you can't pay the rent. But in this case, you know, you have to show loyalty to your membership, you know, in both good times and tougher times on their economic side that, you know, in our case, we're an advocacy group and this advocacy group has now now has three very active online ways that the public could research our members and um, determine if they're going to retain them as their attorney so for us it's it it despite the investment or despite the internal setup it you know when the decision making is done properly you know and getting buy in and finding the The challenges, you know, not only only the positives, but the challenges that the software is going to bring or the hardware is going to bring, then it was just the right decision for us to do at this time.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Do you have any advice for, you know, speaking of the decision making process, for someone else who's looking at uh, either starting an online community uh, with their members or uh, making a switch? Uh, to um, a new online community that's maybe a little more feature-rich, uh, any advice any, beyond what you've already discussed, uh, You know, obviously engaging members and things of that nature. Is there anything else you would encourage them to consider in that decision-making process?
1: Well, the association um, circle is not that big. Um, you can always find associations uh, of similar size, similar budget, um that can give you the feedback you need when when they made that switch. In our case, you know, a, a national association with attorneys as our members, we were able to uh, speak with uh, state bars that have large memberships, um, you know, advocacy-oriented uh, associations that are similar to NACPA, and they're set up and, and um, see if they had to go down this path. But ultimately, um, any association executive worth his or her salt is, is going to put their uh, member cap on and look through the eyes of the member and see how it's going to help um, either, you know, impact their practice or increase their engagement without making them jump through additional hoops. I, I think a lot of technology projects, when they're looking at it only internally, you think, hey, this is going to be the greatest thing uh, ever for this association. We're going to increase membership. And and, and, and every and every vendor working with associations, you know, know how to drop those lines and say, not only will you engage members, you'll increase members. And and some in some cases, there that's true. But if it's true for your organization, that really can only be determined if you're looking through the eyes of the member first and and seeing what the the you know the member needs are. Because after all, you know, an association is is only as good as uh, the members that make up the association. Executive directors just get the pleasure of of serving on behalf of the members and and positioning them as the uh, thought leaders that they are, um, so I, I think that type of of mindset going into any major project um, will help on 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 the decision making.
0: Great, yeah that this has been this has been fascinating. I Appreciate your time today, Dan. Is there any final thoughts or anywhere you, anywhere uh, in particular we can find you or learn more about NACPA you'd like to to share?
1: Well, uh, we wouldn't have not we would have not been able to do our implementation without the the help of the FusionSpan team, and, and, and I know I wasn't asked to say that, but, you know, when you have an organization that many associations have budget challenges, and they're, they have contract employees, and they have contract services, and they have full-time employees and part-time employees, you, know, you, you need to identify the right team uh, to make, you know, to reach that initiative, and, and FusionSpan uh, played a key role in helping us uh, with this specific sacred Cal. As well as a few others. But, uh, NACLA could always be found at NACLA.org and HCBA.org. And, uh, it's, um, you know, it's a national association, a few thousand members. Um, but like I said, it's, it's a wonderful association. It's probably one of the best jobs I've ever had in my life because here's an association that, you know, fills up events and, and, and follows the brand and engages, uh, with our education and, and Gets behind our advocacy efforts. It's just, it's a wonderful organization that a few attorneys uh, created just uh, 23, 24 years ago. So we're still a baby in the association world, but as far as uh, our advocacy efforts and our legislative efforts, um, no one considers us a baby. In fact, we're probably the, the one of the larger-sized gorillas that walks in the room when there are when there are discussions as it relates to consumer bankruptcy law. And and, and uh, thankfully for the members of NACPA. Um, we're we're able to um, impact change on behalf of their on behalf of uh, their parts. so um, that's really about it. you know it's it's um it's it's where we are. we're We're across the country. we both we have uh, you know internal staff and we have uh, you know progressive mindset and also having virtual staff. So it's been working out extremely well and and uh, we look forward to continuing.
0: Well, Dan, thanks again for your time, and we'll uh, definitely I'd be curious to hear. Down the road, we'll have to have you on again.
1: So, Sure, my pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Tech Podcast presented by FusionSpan. For more great content, check out our blog, microstaff.org. If you're not already, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, leave a rating.